his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psalmstry and harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with string instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high-sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Amen. And so we're alive this morning. And so that's what we've come to do. We've come to praise the Lord for his mercy and do it forever. Amen. Praise God. Father, we praise you again today. We come into your presence with thanksgiving. We enter your gates with praise, O God. For you are the Lord of all creation. You are the maker of heaven and earth, O God. All heaven and earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, and thou reignest over all, Lord God. And in thy hand is to give power and strength and might, O God. And in thy hand, O God, is all victory and glory and honor and majesty and praise. Uh, We truly appreciate you, God, again today. There is none like you, God. You are indeed the glory, and you are the lifter up of my head, O God. And I thank you, Jesus. Lord, I come to you again today to say thank you, Lord. You are worthy to be praised, God. I magnify the Lord. I thank the Lord again today. Well, we thank you for this glorious day, this beautiful day, Lord. We look to you, God, who is indeed the author and the finisher of our faith. Uh, I praise you, Lord. I magnify you. I exalt you, Jesus. Uh, Oh, God, hear our humble cry, attending to our prayer this morning, oh, God. Uh, Lord, I praise you, and I thank you, Lord, and I thank you again and again. For thy loving kindness is better than life. And my lips shall praise thee while I live. Uh, I thank you for your holiness. I thank you for your protection. I praise you for your love and kindness, O God. Uh, If it had not been for you, Lord, where would we be today? But I'm thankful, Lord, that I have a God who with his angels watches over me. I have a God who with his enemies keep my enemies beneath my feet this morning. I'm thankful that I have a God who's with me when I'm sick and when I'm feeling well. I'm thankful, Lord God, again this morning, Jesus, for your blessings, your mercy, your kindness, your long-suffering. Your gentleness, your faithfulness, uh, your temperance towards us, God. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. Praise God. Well, I lean on you, Lord. I lean on you, Lord. For the things that I need, I lean on you. When I don't know just what to do, I've got the faith you're going to see me through. To supply my every need, and I lean on you. I lean on you, Lord. I lean on you, Lord. For the things that I need, I lean on you. When I don't know just what to do, I've got the faith you're going to see me through. 
to supply my every need, and I lean on you. Well, I lean on you, Lord. I lean on you, Lord. For the things that I need, I lean on you. When I don't know just what to do, I've got the faith you're going to see me through. To supply my every need, and I lean on you. Who oh, I lean on you, Lord. I lean on you, Lord. For the things that I need, I lean on you. When I don't know just what to do, I've got the faith you're going to see me through. To supply my every need, and I lean on you. Hallelujah, God. Oh, I lean to you, Jesus. God, when I don't know what I'm going to do, I've got faith in your abilities. I've got faith that you're going to see me through, God. You will supply my every need, and I lean upon you, Jesus. Let me walk with you, Jesus. Don't ever let me go astray. Oh, God, without you I am nothing, but in you, God, I live, I move, I have my beings this morning, and I lean upon you, Jesus. You are the great I am, the way, the truth, the life, and the door. Oh, God, have mercy upon us this morning. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, God, I praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, again. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, God, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, I thank you, Lord, for your loving kindness. I thank you for your tender mercies. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. We want to get right into our lesson again this morning. Amen. We're in the epistles of Second John. Amen. Keeping in mind our purpose, John's writing, amen, to add to our faith, amen, and that's the most, what I feel is one of the most important things as a Christian is to always have our joy full and overflowing, amen, with adding to our joy, praise God. We should be walking in joy continuously, amen, to guard us against sin, to guard us against false teachers, to strengthen our faith, and ensure that we have, understand that we do have eternal life, and it's important. Amen. Now, last week, as we were finishing up there in Second John verse 7, John tells us that many deceivers are entering into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the faith. He says, this is the deceiver and the antichrist. Amen. That spirit of the antichrist is running rapid. We've already looked at it. We've studied it. And anti means against. Uh, so it's not hard to look at our world today and see many people that are against or many 
things that are transpires are against God has been coming, but now the enemy has raised his ugly head and is clearly seen. Amen. You can see it everywhere. The Antichrist movement is in operation. The Antichrist movement is taking place throughout the land, around the whole world. Amen. And a lot of people, because they don't understand God, they don't understand the ways of God, they are ignorant unto the ways of God. This is why Paul constantly admonished the church, I would not that you should be ignorant, brethren, concerning Jesus Christ, concerning the gospel. We've got to make sure that we study, as Paul said, to show ourselves approved unto God, workmen that needed not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Amen. So we are starting to see this spirit to manifest itself in the world today. There are many people who say they are Christians, but their lives and their behavior testify and show forth that they are really following the ways of the Antichrist. We understand, the writers tell us, that we also had our parts in the world. At one time, we was following that same spirit. We was following that same way of life. But when we came into the revelation of the knowledge of Jesus Christ and into the knowledge of the truth of his word, then we understand, amen, that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we could ever ask or think of him. Amen. A, praise God. See, you can't tell me that you are a Christian and you support wrong. See, that's part of the spirit of the Antichrist. You can't tell me that you are a Christian, do wrong, and expect to call it right. We got to understand that this thing they're calling now in, in the world, uh, what is it, something culture or something, uh, changing cultures and all that stuff, is all part of the spirit of the Antichrist. So we have to realize that and we have to be aware of it and we have to make sure that we are not drawn into these ways. The scriptures point out many things that will transpire uh, in this coming. Paul tells us that in the last days that perilous times shall come, that men shall be Lovers of their own selves, proud, blasphemers, disobedient the parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection. We're starting to see the world world government that they talked about that is starting to infiltrate. Uh, I was told that you go to Walmart now, then the checkout the line, you can't use cash. You've got to start using a credit card or a debit card in, in, in some of the areas. I, I heard that that was, that's all part of that anti-Christ movement, the one world currency uh, thing that is we've heard so much about uh, all the time. You know, everybody's now being required to wear a mask. Uh, and you can look at that from a standpoint that the enemy is trying to destroy your identity. He don't want you to know who you are or who else to know who you are. Amen. And then they're talking about being having to require everybody to get a vaccination. You know, I can remember back when I was a young boy, everybody had to take the polio vaccination and all that stuff. Some of it might be good, but, you know, you got to study up on this stuff because you don't want to get caught up in the ways of the Antichrist is, is ways are, uh, are deceitful. Paul says, you know, he's sly, he's slick. He says, as he, as he deceived Eve, he says, I don't want your mind to be corrupt from the simplicity that is in Christ. So we have to wear, be concerned that he's, is here. His spirit is here. And so, and as we know, if anything can be shaken, it can be shaken 
So we have to be careful to make sure that we're not being led astray by his spirits and thinking that we're on the right track and wind up, amen, in the wrong way. Jesus tell us, amen, in, in Luke chapter 21, verse 25, he says, And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and the stars and upon the earth distress of nation with perplexity. Amen. Now, if you've been following the, the 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 world's ways, you've noticed in the past few years we've been hearing a lot about moons, haven't we? You know, blood moon here and this moon doing this there and the moons, the moons. And, you know, and notice what Jesus said here. They're going to be signs in the sun. You know, I mean, early one morning, I mean, driving down towards Toma, I don't know if you've ever seen it, man, but one morning I was driving, and I mean the massive side of the sun, how big it was. You know, I'm going, whoa, and that's over 93 million miles away, you know, but you could, it was almost like blinding, and now you look at the patterns as tra- transpiring the heat. You know, all of the places that didn't get it. Talking about it, the glaciers in Alaska is starting to melt and all kinds of stuff, you know. So the world is turned upside down. The sun, the moons, and the stars. And yet the people are starting to get out there and find out what's up there, right? And upon the nations, earth, the stress of nations and confusion and the seas roaring and the waves roaring. I was listening yesterday and it was saying about the tornadoes and, and hurricanes that are already picking up speed in the Atlantic and in the Pacific already at this time when they, times before they've been so much later. Then Jesus goes on and says, men's hearts failing them for fear. Think about that. And for looking at the things that are coming upon the earth. Amen. If you stop and think about what's happening right now, men's hearts are failing them. You know, it's really their hearts are fearful. Amen. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken, and then shall there be, you see, the Son of Man coming in the cloud with power and great glory. And when these all things began to come to pass, then look up. And lift up your head, for your redemption draweth nigh. Amen. So we need to get ready. My question to you today, are you ready for the coming of the Lord? Are you ready and excited? Amen. So we know that false prophets and false teachers are going to rise and deceive many. And because of the iniquity, Jesus says in Matthew 24, 11 through 13, iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. Amen. There's all these movements, the Black Lives Matter, the Antifa. Amen. All these are antichrist movements. Amen. And I find it hard that people want to get out there to call themselves Christians and march with these guys and support them, their wrongdoing. Amen. We need to understand we are Christians. We are born to serve God. We are to hold fast to the principles of God and to not be drawn in. And that's what John, think about it. This book was written over 2,000 years ago. And now we're seeing it comes to pass. So we have to be aware of this. Amen. 
So John goes on here. Let's move on. And verse 9 through 11, John says, Whosoever transgresseth and abide not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. If therefore, if there come any unto you, and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed, for he that biddeth him Godspeed is a partaker of his evil deeds. Notice he's focusing on doctrine. And that's why when you look through the epistles, you find that that's mostly where they're coming from, is they're teaching you the things that Jesus had taught them, and they keep us on track, because doctrine will save you. Amen. Doctrine really serves two purposes in life. One, First is to train you how to fight, and the second reason, purpose, is to train you or to ensure that you are training to the standard. Amen. Let me say that again. It teaches you how to fight, and it also helps to ensure that you are training to the standard. Doctrine means teachings and instructions. So when you're a warrior, you've got to know the doctrine. You've got to know how to fight. And that's why you see Paul's writing to the church and the James and John's writings to the church is to teach you how to fight. This is why Paul tells you in Ephesians 6, 11, finally, my brother, verse 10, excuse me, finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might, he says, put on the whole armor of God so that you're able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we're wrestling not against flesh and blood, but we're wrestling against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness and high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. And having done all you can do to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girded about with truth. And, the, and having the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shill of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And taking the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all praying supplication in the Spirit and watching there too for, with all supplications for all saints. Amen. We've, we've got to keep ourselves War ready. You've got to keep yourself in the truth. Notice what he says. Whosoever transgress and abide not in the doctrine of Christ, you have not Christ. You don't have God nor Christ. See, because the fact of the matter is we already know through Scripture that Jesus is God. So therefore, if I don't abide in the gospel, if I don't abide in the teachings of Jesus Christ, then I don't have God. That's just why we're told when we repent of our sins, when we're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of our sins, and we're filled with the Holy Ghost with the initial evidence of speaking in other tongues, we are risen to walk in newness of life now. We've got to stay in this. We can't just say, well, I don't think I want to do that today. No, you've got to stay in it. You've been brought out of the world, and you are to stay in this precious truth and the teachings that you have taught because you've got an enemy. 
He's going to try to destroy you. And so you have to know the doctrine. You've got to know the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, he says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for corrections, and instructions in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. He told Timothy also in First Timothy chapter 1, verse 3, that I left you in Ephesus that you might charge some that they teach no other doctrine. Amen. First Timothy chapter 3, verse, I mean, chapter 1, verse 3. That you charge some that they teach no other doctrine. In other words, I, I don't can't lead you wrong. See, you have got to teach the truth because it's the truth that makes people free. See, so the doctrine, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Once you understand that which is to get you into the understanding of God, you realize after you've been born again, now there's things that you teach and you understand. It's almost like once I enlisted in the military, you know, I got in. Now I have, there's a whole lot of other things I have to learn to know to do to be able to fight and to defend myself. And it's the same way in the church. See, doctrine is, is the, the principles of, of, of the organization. It is the principles of the church, the fundamental truth and propositions that serves the foundation of the system of their beliefs and their behavior. It teaches you how to believe and what you should believe and how you should act. If you talk to any soldier, they will tell you, or sailor, or whatever, once they understood the doctrine of that organization and how it teaches, there are certain things they cannot do. It was certain things they must do. And it was the same way with us. This is what Paul told Timothy, again in 2 Timothy 2, 2. He says, the things that, that you heard and seen in me do and commit the same what? To faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. It's the same way in the military. Once they teach us, they expect us to mature and go up the ranks and become NCOs and start teaching the privates how they're supposed to do what is right. The same way with the officers. You know, we learn the doctrine so that we can train the soldiers so that they know how to live and, and survive. It's no difference in the church. When I came into the church, I came in just like everybody else. I repented of my sins. I got baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of my sins. And I was taught. Amen. The doctrine. Why? So I could get to a point now that I could teach others. And so that's what I'm doing now. We raise up people. We raise up other saints so that they could teach other people. So let me give you four reasons this morning why we should know biblical doctrine. Four reasons why we should know biblical doctrine. Number one is because we love God. See, the, if you love something, or if you love someone, you're going to want to know everything you can about that someone or that something. See, 
And so we know that love is the driving factor in the church. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, and you must love him with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength, and your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hangs all the law and the prophets. Amen. So we love God. We fell in love with what we heard. We wanted to know more about him. That's why Jesus says in Matthew 16, verse 13, the Bible says when he came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he said unto his disciples, Who do they say I, the Son of Man, am? And they said unto him, Well, some say that thou art John the Baptist, or Elijah, or Jeremiah, one of the other apostles. But he said unto the prophets, he said unto them, But who do you say that I am? Notice, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, blessed art thou, Simon Borjona, for flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father, which is in heaven. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. See. So, it's because we love God that we need to know the biblical foundations of the church or the basic doctrine of the church, biblical doctrine. First and foremost is love. We know that the fundamental doctrine of this organization should be the Bible standard for full salvation, which is repentance, Water baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sin and the filling of the Holy Ghost with the initial signs of, of speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God give the utterance. We shall endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bonds of peace. Amen. And admonishing brothers everywhere that they should not, amen, contend for their different views to the disunity of the body. We believe in the one ever-living, eternal God, infinite in power, holy in nature, attributes and purposes, and possesses absolute indivisible deity. This one true God has revealed himself as Father, and the Son in redemption, and in the Holy Ghost in biomination. Amen. So we understand that this is the basic fundamental doctrine. So because we love God, then we need to know biblical doctrine as well. Amen. Verse point two, because what you believe will shape your life. Because what you believe will shape your life. The way that you think about God will affect the way that you relate to God. Think about that. The way that you think about God will affect your way you relate to God. If you love God, you'll be all about loving God. It'll shape your life, see? And and this is important. If you never believe that Jesus is God, you'll never understand love. You'll never understand forgiveness. You'll never understand grace. You'll never understand mercy and compassion. And you will never probably even think that God ever exists. See? So... It, we ha- it, it shapes our lives. Notice what Paul, you know, how the doctrine changes you. When you come into this revelation of the knowledge 
of truth and understand the doctrine, you'll see how it changes you. Notice what Paul tells Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12 through 16. 1 Timothy chapter 12. Chapter 4, excuse me. Verse 12 through 16. You there? Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believer and word and conversation or your behavior and charity and your love and your spirit, your attitudes, your actions and faith in your believing and, and keeping yourself pure and purity. See, your whole life is kind of wrapped up in this first part here, he says. This is why it, Peter says, you know, in his epistle that your whole life, your soul, your body and spirit would be preserved blameless until the coming of the Lord. And then verse 13, till I come, give attendance to what? Reading, to exhortation, to the doctrine. Reading, Exhortation to the doctrine. Reading. In other words, study the Word of God because you've got to know the doctrine. You've got to get in this book. You've got to know what you're talking about as a child of God. See? So you've got to read. That's what Paul says. Study. You know, as he told Timothy, you know, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. The things which you have seen and heard and read in me do. Say, if I want to be a Christian, if I want to serve God, I've got to read. As Abraham Lincoln said, the day that you stop reading is the day that you stop leading. You've got to read. Get into exhortation. Building up. Encouraging. Strengthen one another in the Lord and to doctrine. Give attendance to the teachings. Give attendance to the instructions. You know, remember we talked about Proverbs 2.10, when wisdom enter your heart and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul, distression will preserve thee and understanding will keep thee. Amen. But what is it going to keep you from? Now, I'll let you have that homework to go ahead and read the rest of chapter 2 of, 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 of Proverbs chapter 2. Because he lists a litany of things there that wisdom, knowledge, understanding, and instructions will keep you from. See, you don't want to destroy your own self. See? So we've got to get into the Word of God. So it teaches us, verse 14. Neglect not the gifts in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the presbyter, the presbytery, excuse me, verse 15. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly unto them, that thou profiting may appear to all. Notice, meditate. That word meditate means kind of like chew like your, the cows eating the cud. Bring it up and eat it over again. Think about it. 
kind of gross, but that's what has to transpire. You got to eat it again and again and again and again. As we used to say in the military, tell them what you told them. Tell them, tell them again. Show them, show them what you showed them. Show them again. See, that's how you develop. That's how you train. What did David say in Psalms 1? Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the law, Lord. And in the law, what does he do? He meditates day and night. See, you, you've got to get into the Word. This is what he's saying. Read it. Study it. Get into it. See, you want to know to appear at all. Verse 16, take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in those who doing thou shalt save yourself and everyone else that hears it from thee. Doctrine will save you. Amen. The gospel will save you. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given unto men, whereby we must be saved. Paul says in Romans 1.16, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believed, to the Jew, and also to the Greek. Amen. So it has shaped your life. It will help you. It will save you. The third reason that biblical doctrine is important is you will not know what to tell others who's not saved if you don't understand the biblical doctrine. You're not going to know how to teach people how to come out of darkness unto the marvelous light if you don't know the doctrine. How many times do you hear people all they say, oh, just confess with your mouth and you shall be saved. It's not going to save anybody. Just believe and you shall be saved. Now, I guarantee you, and I, I, I agree with that to a faction. Paul does tell the jailer in Acts 16, verse 11 to 13, there, Paul does tell him, he's, I mean, excuse me, verse chapter 16, verse 30 through 33, Paul does tell him when the man says, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? He says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, and thine house. But he don't just leave him hanging. Notice verse 32. What did they do? They spake to him the words of the Lord. See, believing is just the first step. See, that's just the first step. But we have to make sure that we're teaching them the doctrine. See, we've got to teach them why they're being baptized in Jesus' name. We have to teach them why it's important for them to repent of their sins. We have to teach them why they need to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's that's not just believing that's said. They was commanded to go ye therefore and teach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. 
He that believeth not shall be damned, and these signs shall follow them that believe. And my name they shall cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them, and they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Notice, you believe, but you got to be taught. So you have to know the doctrine to be able to be taught. Because what I find every time I'm telling about start a Bible study, the first thing I have people want to run straight to is to the book of Revelation. Most people want to know about the end times. That's the first thing people want to know. You know, the majority of the people, they have all kinds of preconceived questions. You know, and so if you don't know the doctrine, you will try to answer their questions out here and push them further and further away. Because a lot of them has already have their preconceived agendas because they've been to other churches already. They already, and they want to know what's the difference between your church. And so you got to be smart to not just be going after their questions. You have to take them from a foundation to where they understand the first and foremost what is important. See, because they're not going to understand anything out here if they haven't been here. You know, they might nod their head, oh, okay, I understand, yeah, okay. But if they've never repented of their sins, if they've never been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sin, you might find yourself beaten against the wall, see, wasting your time. But we know God's word will not return void. I know that. But it can, if you're not careful, you can get frustrated. Okay? So, there's, if, if, you know, and I will tell you, if you are teaching search for truth or uh, rightly dividing the word of truth, all those questions about the end times that a lot of them have, just tell them, hold on. You know, we'll get you there. We'll answer that question later. But just hold on. You know, and it will help them to get to that point after you walk them slowly through the doctrine and the things they need to know and the things they need to understand to build their relationship with God first, to get them to the love relationship with Jesus. See, then you can answer all that stuff later on. You know, it, it was the same way that when I was in the military, I didn't understand all the defenses and all the things and how everything applied till I got to a certain level. They taught me the basic things, how to survive, you know, how to love what I was doing. So we have to remember that. So we've got to make sure that we study this doctrine so that we can teach it to others. Notice in Acts chapter 8, verse 5 through 13. Acts 8, 5 through 13. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits cried with a loud voice came out of many that was possessed with them, and many taken with palsy and that were lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. But there was a certain man called Simon, which before times in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was so some great one, 
to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest. And this man is the great power of God. And to him they had regard because of a long time he had bewitched them through sorcery. But when they believed Philip's preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. And then Simon himself believed also. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondering, beholding the miracles and signs which he did. Notice, if Philip didn't know what to teach, he wouldn't have been able to go down there and do the things that he did. See, you've got to know the doctrine. That's why Jude says, It was need for me to write to you and to exalt to you to continue for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Amen. So we've got to, number one, love God. Number two, believing will shape our spiritual life. Number three, we got to know what to teach to the unsaved. And number four, you are not going to know how to fight and defend yourself when the enemy comes against you. Amen. You've got to know your weapons of warfare. See, this is the fourth reason you need to know biblical doctrine. Most people are trying to fight their battles by natural means. See, you, you've got to understand that God's ways are not our ways. Neither is his thoughts our thoughts. Notice what Paul writes in the church at Corinth in the 10th chapter, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 through 6. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 through 6. He says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God through the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bring it into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Amen. Notice the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're mightier through God, through the pulling down of strongholds. We've got to have a solid prayer life. We've got to have a solid fast life. We've got to have a continual word of God in our hearts, in our minds. We've got to hang on to this gospel of truth. Amen. We're not fighting, remember, against flesh and blood. So I can't fight with the same weapons. i got an enemy that is invisible that is trying to destroy me. So I have to know the doctrine of Christ so that I can stand against every wiles of the devil that comes against us. Notice what Paul says here now. So that when you're obedience of Christ and having a readiness, be ready. Amen. He's saying when you're obedience, amen, to, to get rid of your disobedience, when your obedience is fulfilled. See, don't keep doing wrong. When God keeps showing you right, that's not going to help you. That's going to destroy you if you stay doing wrong continually when you know you should be doing what is right. Not only will you destroy yourself, you destroy others. When the tree falls, it don't just affect itself. 
it affects a whole lot of other things. You think about it. You know, if a tree fall on your house, if you're in there, it can kill you. It can knock a hole in the house. You ain't got any insurance. Guess what? You're going to have a whole lot of money coming out of your pocket to try to fix it. See, so we've got to be ready to get rid of disobedience. Saul could never get to the point where he would get rid of his disobedience. And it wound up destroying him. See, we must obey God's word. This is what James tell us. Don't just be a hearer of God's word. You've got to be a doer of it. Because why? It's the doctrine. And the doctrine will save you. You know, I when I was in the military, I, every time I had to brief, you know, the generals, I mean, it was everything come out of their mind. What does doctrine say? You know, and I couldn't stand there and go, uh, 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 sir, uh, you know, uh, sir, uh, no. What did doctrine say? You know, and what I was briefing should be able, based on doctrine, to show the shortcomings. See? And you can do the same thing, my brothers and sisters. You compare your life to the Word of God, you can see your shortcomings. That's why James says, in, first, in the first chapter, he says, Whosoever, what? Look into the perfect law of liberty and continue therein, and he be not a forgetful here, but a doer, his deeds shall be blessed. But if you look into the perfect law of liberty and don't make the change, he says, you're going to go away and soon you're going to forget what manner of man you were. See, you got to understand that God's word opens the light. That's why it's the light. It turns things on so that we can see how we should operate and what we should do. <laughs> Praise my goodness. Amen. But we'll pick this up again next week, and hopefully we'll be able to finish this chapter up. Amen. So let's take a, a few minute break here. Father, we thank you again this morning for your goodness. God, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. God, we thank you for your word this morning. Lord, we want to love your doctrine. We want to love your truth. We want to love your way. Everything about you, God. We don't want anything to impenetrate our hearts and our minds and our thoughts that will lead us away from you, Lord. We do thank you. We do praise you. And we do honor you. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Don't forget about all the good social distancing and stuff, all that stuff. You want a fellowship, you got to go out the door, okay? God bless you.